0: It's only the gun the anti-gun lobby the gun control people who literally know nothing about the product they're trying to ban
1: what is going on guys i'm dustin this is so you're getting older and i know that you probably noticed a little bit of a difference to the intro I will explain that in just a moment. But first, I want to throw a couple things out there. I want to get it known that I do have social media. I do have an email address. And I would absolutely love to hear back from every single one of you. If I'm doing something right, tell me. If I'm doing something wrong, tell me. You're not going to offend me. You're not going to hurt my delicate sensibilities. Believe me. It'll be all right. You can get a hold of me on Facebook. On Facebook, my name on there is getting older. G E T T I N space O L D E R. Getting older. There's no G. On uh, Instagram, so you're getting older. For some reason, they don't like to do apostrophes, and so I don't have an apostrophe in the correct uh, placement in the word your. It's all one word. On Twitter, I am at. That's the at sign, getting older pod, and that's all one word, getting older pod. That is at getting older pod. I know I said that a few times. I'm trying to increase people to follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to increase people to actually interact with me on Twitter. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at on that. You can also get a hold of me on uh, my email address. Shoot me an email. So you're getting older at gmail.com. That is so. You're getting older at gmail.com. Once again, no apostrophes because for some reason they just don't understand it. I do. I get it. I've known that since. God dang. I'm old. Holy shit. I've known that since uh, elementary school, like the very beginning of elementary school. This this is nothing new to people. Come on, get your shit together, internet. However. Now that I've got all that happy shit out of the way, I am going to read you something and I want you to just take this to heart. What I'm going to read you is the actual verbiage of the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution, and this is how it reads. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. Now, here's, here's how people are looking at this. You got people like Mike Bloomberg that are absolutely adamant that the Second Amendment applies to hunting. Yes, hunting. Never mind the fact that it literally says in the Constitution that a well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The fuck does that have to do with hunting? Nothing. There's, there's absolutely nothing it has to do with hunting in there. And he wants to sit there, and so do other politicians, mainly from the Democratic Party, that like to sit there and, you know, oh, you don't need, you know, 30 rounds to hunt a deer. If you miss with the first three shots, well, that deer deserves to live. That's an actual quote from Mike Bloomberg. If you need more than three shots, that deer deserves to live. Where in the fuck in the Constitution does it say it is for hunting? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And there is uh, quite a few different court cases that have come up in the past that deal pretty much with that. And I'm going to touch on uh, at least one of those. Possibly, I know of three off the top of my head. But I know for sure that I'm going to discuss one, and that's going to be the D.C. versus Heller lawsuit, which was actually a very monumental uh, Second Amendment ruling. And that was made by the Supreme Court of the United States. And that is kind of the basis for where I'm going with a lot of this stuff. But that's not where we're going to begin. Where we're going to begin is actually all the way back in uh, 1939. In 1939, the U.S. Supreme Court considered the matter in. Uh, it was a case called United States versus Miller, uh, and the court had adopted a collective rights adopted a collective rights approach in this case, and they determined that Congress could regulate a sawed-off shotgun that had moved in interstate commerce under the NFA of 1934. The NFA is the National Firearms Act. Because the evidence did not suggest that the shotgun has some reasonable relationship to the preservation or efficiency of a well-regulated militia. Yeah. The court then explained that the framers included the Second Amendment to ensure the effectiveness of the military. That was what they were thinking in 1939. was that the framers of the Constitution had created the Second Amendment to ensure the effectiveness of the military, not for the people. Again, go back to the wording of the Constitution. It's not rocket science, y'all. However, that is going to bring me up to uh, 2008. And this precedent stood for nearly 70 years. And by 2008, the U.S. Supreme Court revisited the issue in the case of District of Columbia versus Heller. That is the uh, D.C. versus Heller uh, Constitution. Uh, argument. And, you know, I, 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 believe that a lot of the stuff in the DC versus Heller is so insane. They, they would actually tell you that if you didn't have your gun locked up, it had to be in pieces. So if somebody was to take like an AR 15, they would have to take out the pins. They would have to break off the upper receiver from the mm-hmm. lower receiver they would have to remove the magazine, they would have to make sure that the magazine was sitting away from the gun, and each part needed to be locked up and held separately somewhere else. That is insanity at its best. That is also illegal at its worst. You cannot force somebody to have their weapon unavailable to them, no matter what the, what the rules are, no matter what the laws are, you can't do it because it's a violation of your constitutionally protected Second Amendment right. Go ahead, argue it with me. I got no problem with that argument at all, and I don't have any problem with quoting statistics, with quoting any kind of article or any kind of lawsuit that would support my case as well as yours. I'm not going to go into an argument and just have it be in a star chamber. It's not going to happen. We're not going to sit here and we're not going to argue back and forth, you know, oh, you're right. I know I'm right. Yeah, damn right you're right. It's not that's not how these things work. If you want to come at me with an argument, come at me with an argument. I got no problem with that. The problem that I do have is when you have people that are just sitting there and everybody's arguing the exact same point with each other. And in effect, again, turns itself into a star chamber. Good example of a star chamber would have been the uh, all of the depositions that Adam Schiff was holding in the skiff in the basement at the uh, uh, back in D.C. I I can't remember the word for where they were. But going back to that uh, whole D.C. versus Heller thing, uh, that was actually a five to four decision, and it was in the favor of the plaintiff of uh, Heller, and. What it was is many people had, because, okay, he was challenging the D.C. handgun ban that had basically been in effect for well over uh, 30 years. Many considered the statute the most stringent in the nation, and in that decision, the court detailed the history and tradition of the Second Amendment at the time of the Constitutional Convention, which is when they... Actually wrote out the Constitution and created all the amendments for it. Um, they had uh, when when they when they created the Constitution, they proclaimed that the Second Amendment established an individual right for U.S. citizens to possess firearms. And what they did was they effectively struck down the D.C. handgun ban as violation of that right. Uh, lot of people carved out Miller as the exception to the rule and they were they were saying that yeah you can own firearms but however if you're going to be a law-abiding citizen you can't have a sawed-off shotgun for any law-abiding purpose well yeah they they kind of they kind of upheld that for the NFA Uh, the court did find in the regulations that similar weaponry can't be used or that can't be used for law-abiding purpose, would not implicate the Second Amendment. However, they suggested that uh, the uh, Constitution, it wouldn't disallow regulations prohibiting criminals and the mentally ill from firearm possession. I think that's the bigger argument that we need to be having right now because if you're going to be owning a firearm, I absolutely 100% believe that you should, excuse me, that you absolutely should have some kind of a uh, clear record. Whether it's a criminal record or a mental health record, it it definitely needs to be investigated. That is pretty much the only kind of uh, drawback, I would say, uh, to having the Second Amendment would be that you don't have a lot of, like, People that shouldn't be owning guns, like if a guy goes out and beats the shit out of his wife, probably doesn't need to own a gun. Um, also, on the flip side of that coin, also should be in jail. But that's another argument for another day. Uh, when, when you've got mental health issues and a mental health crisis, which it, there's no gun crisis in the United States. It's a mental health crisis. Don't get it twisted. Don't twist the words. When you have people that are not in the frame of mind that they should be and all they have sitting there is a gun, bad things are going to happen. All you got to do is look back over the history of this country, any country, really. And when you see these incidents of mass shootings and you see that, you know, there was all kinds of warning signs, there was all kinds of things that should have kept that person from owning a gun it's a fall on our uh, health system on our government not on the second amendment it doesn't you can't make the gun the criminal the criminal is the criminal bottom fucking line there's really no way that you can sit there and and say that you know oh if we get all these guns off of the off of the uh, streets That everything's going to be peachy keen. No, it's not. Look at Japan. Yeah, they've got possibly the most strict gun control laws in, in the world, really. And yet you see people having knife attacks. And it's not a small amount of people. You got so many different cases that you can literally just Google. And you'll see where people have strolled through groups of people and stabbed or slashed, you know, over 20 people and you want to ban guns. Okay. Well, let's get into that argument. So what I'm doing right now is I'm actually reading some different, uh, reports that I have found and printed out. And one of the ones that really kind of stood out to me was a, uh, Argument on uh, journals.sagepub.com slash DOI slash ABS slash 10.1177 slash 0002764209332557. And what it was was gun control versus mass killings. And I'm actually just going to, it's a short little thing, I'm going to read it, and I would love to hear what your what your thoughts are on it. So, here we go. The most frequent policy lesson drawn following the Columbine school shootings was the need for more gun control. Review of the details of both Columbine and other contemporary school shootings indicate, however, that the specific gun control measures proposed in their aftermath were largely irrelevant and almost certainly could not have prevented the incidents or reduced their death tolls. These measures included restrictions on gun shows, child access prevention laws mandating locking up guns and bans on assault weapons and assault weapons. I could do my own fucking video on that because there is no term anywhere where they actually can tell you what an assault weapon is. All they can sit there is spout all the big, scary things that they see on guns, a pistol grip, a, a magazine that comes out, a uh handguard. And then the, you know, the ever lethal vertical foregrip. I know that that's some scary shit right there. You see someone holding a gun with two hands. I get scared shitless. They say it makes it more accurate, but really what makes it more accurate is training practice and going out to the range and getting good. And I know that's kind of like a little, I guess, joke, uh, like for people that are playing like call of duty. Oh, you suck. Get good. But you know, in in anyway, anyway, ironically, exploitation of school shootings for the advocacy of irrelevant gun controls may have obscured the genuine merits of various gun control measures for reducing "quote unquote" ordinary gun violence. Thus, mass shootings provide the worst possible basis for supporting gun control, and that's true. You've seen that when. Uh, Oh, that whack job went and, you know, perched himself up in the fucking hotel and started spraying down on a country music concert. I get it. I understand. You know, you don't like country music. That's cool. I I'm. I'm I, I feel you. A lot of the new country music is garbage. And I'm, you know, if you don't agree with that, fine, whatever. Argue with me. Fight me. You know, Whatever. That's a joke. I don't want someone to come and roll up onto my front porch and want to fight me over country music. Cause that's not gonna end well for you. It'll it'll end all right for me. I I feel confident in that. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm what I'm talking about is every time there is some kind of a gun control issue that comes up. Everybody just runs and automatically wants to ban guns. That's not the solution. I I understand. Everyone wants to have that knee-jerk reaction. That, that's not, not what needs to be done. You need to take a deeper look at it and find out what the underlying causes were. You need to find out why this person felt like this. Why this person felt like that was their only option. Why this person felt like everything was going sour on them. Listen. In closing on this on this whole argument, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the last little clip from uh, Tucker on here because I feel like it illustrates how the mindset of these people are in it, and it really illustrates how out of touch with reality a lot of these people that are running around screaming about banning guns are. when you want to restrict somebody's second amendment rights you need to remember that at the time these people that and i'm i'm referring to the framers of the constitution pronouns um these people were always under the threat of england coming in and they wanted to make sure that they always had a uh, well i guess going back to the Wording of the Constitution. They had a well regulated militia that would be dedicated solely for them to be able to fight back and to fight against the uh, tyranny that they were rebelling against. You see a lot of the parallels right now, particularly with what's going on in Virginia and the things that are going on in Virginia with them trying to strip gun rights from people and then threatening that they are going to call in the National Guard to help disarm the populace I'm telling you right now I'm not wanting to be involved in this stuff but being a responsible gun owner I can say for sure that if the National Guard rolls in there and tries to take people's guns they're gonna have a bad bad day and when it's all said and done, all it's going to take is one trigger-happy 18-year-old on the National Guard side, or one trigger-happy redneck on the other side, and it will explode. And it's just a powder keg. And people need to stop and just think. And that's what what a lot of people aren't doing, is they're not stopping and thinking about what kind of uh, actions can be taken Or will be taken from people who are very staunch supporters of their Second Amendment right. Because people have the First Amendment protected by the Second Amendment. And that's one of the biggest things that people really don't think about. Is that each amendment actually protects another one. And it it just kills me to see this country going down this path the way they are, and what they're doing. And I don't think that anything good is going to come out of this. I would be willing to bet money that when it's all said and done, there's going to be some bad shit go down in Virginia. And after having watched a lot of the footage from the uh, uh, pro-gun rallies and a lot of the uh, uh, different things that the government in Virginia is trying to do, you know, you see these people at the pro-gun rallies, and they're coming out, and yeah, they've got their guns, They're, but they're being respectful. They're being law-abiding citizens, just like they are without their guns. And they're even going so far as to clean up any mess that was made by them. They went in there and actually cleaned the streets better when they left versus when they arrived. And... It just cracks me up because everyone wants to portray all these people as all these hillbilly rednecks that are just out there. Can't take my guns. Well, you know, just about every single person that was at that rally, their worst fear is using their gun to protect themselves or to protect somebody else. I know that's my worst fear. My worst fear is that somebody will break into my home and I have to make a life or death decision in the snap second to be able to protect my family and myself, and I've got no doubt in my mind that I I would not hesitate in it. But it's not something that I really want to do. Well, now that I got all this heavy shit out of the way, and uh, I feel like maybe there there there's a lesson here somewhere. I'm just not real clear where it's at. Um but I do want to make sure that there is no misunderstandings here. I am pro-gun. I am pro-Second Amendment. And when it comes down to it, I am very aware of the uh, immense power that I have at my disposal as far as being a gun owner, but I'm one of the more responsible gun owners. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that anybody in my home uh, should actually not know how to operate any firearm that is in this home. And I have taken the time to go and teach both of my both of my sons uh, safe firearm control, uh, safe gun usage, safe gun storing. And I have taught them all or both. Not like I got more than two kids. Uh, I have taught them both that no matter what, if you have a gun in your hand, one, assume it's loaded. Two, never point that barrel at something you are not willing to kill. And three, the most important one, in my opinion, keep your goddamn booger hook off the bang switch. I don't know how much more point-blank you need to be with it. And, you know, I mean, don't even graze the trigger till till you're ready to pull it. Seriously, don't. Because that's how accidental negligent discharges happen. That's how you see all these videos on YouTube where people are laughing because, you know, Joe Schmoe was trying to act like a badass for his camera and, you know, pulled a little quick draw and ends up, ends up shooting himself in the leg. That's how that shit happens. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. On that note, I'm not going to ramble any further on here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to end up playing the rest of the clip with uh, uh, Tucker Carlson. And uh, I don't don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. So if anybody out there knows how to pronounce this uh, and I mispronounce it, go ahead and correct me. Uh, cause his his name doesn't really have like a phonetic, um, pronunciation on the internet about it, especially on his Wikipedia page, and that's where I'm getting a lot of the information on this guy from. Oh wait, no, there there is, uh, Jumani D. Williams. He uh used to serve at or well as of 2019. He serves as the New York City Public Advocate, and then he also served as a member on the New York City Council from the 45th District, and that included uh, East Flatbush, Flatbush, Flatlands, Marine Park, and Midwood in Brooklyn. He's he's a member of the Democratic Party, and he self-describes him, just like Bernie Sanders, as a Democratic Socialist. Um, socialism's kind of a no-no word, but, you know, that... There's a lot of people that really like free shit and that's kind of the whole, uh, key to socialism, but that's another topic for another day. And now that I keep thinking about it, I keep hearing about Bernie. Um, I'm pretty sure that that topic is going to come to light here on the, so you're getting older podcast here, uh, real soon. I'd also like to throw something out there and I kind of waited until the end because there is a couple of different podcasts cuz I belong to a bunch of different podcast uh, groups on Facebook and we will, you know, get together, we will talk to each other and we will uh get in touch with each other about, you know, guest hosting and, you know, going and doing a couple shots on their podcasts and stuff. And here i believe what what day is today i know it's thursday uh the february 13th in six days i'm gonna be recording with another podcast uh called whiskey and whiskers and i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna talk to them and they're gonna talk to me and we're gonna have some fun and because my uh son will be done with wrestling this week that means That when we do this podcast, hopefully, you know, we'll uh, sit back, we'll have a couple drinks, we will uh, laugh and make fun of things. And I just wanted to make sure that I got them a shout out here uh, because they are some funny, 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 funny guys. And I'm really looking forward to it and I cannot wait to uh, get online with them and be able to have a conversation that hopefully everybody is going to find as amusing as I'm looking at it. And on that note, we're done. You guys have yourselves a good day. I got all my contact info at the very beginning of this podcast. We're going to end this with uh, Jamani Williams and Tucker Carlson and his absolutely asinine argument that muzzleloader rifles... With a suppressor, are the bane of the existence of humans. We will all die from these these uh, horrible, 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 horrible muzzleloader rifles because they are going to be the next thing that is used in the next mass shooting. I guarantee it. You know the the 50 caliber that it shoots and the suppressor. I mean, that's there's some scary shit there. Go ahead and give it a listen, let me know what you think, and hopefully you find it as amusing as I did. I am Dustin, this is So You're Getting Older, and this is Tucker Carlson and uh, Jemani Williams.
0: What could possibly be the justification for banning muzzle loaders?
2: Well, you know, unfortunately, if you had me if you had me on every time there was a mass shooting, it might be every night, but I'm, I'm glad to be on here. Uh, what you left out is there's actually a company that's trying to jump through a loophole, uh, like people do, and create a muzzle that can be shot with a silencer uh, that shoots 50 caliber bullets. That can do a lot of damage. Let's say the DC sniper wanted to do something. all we need is one bullet to kill someone. And what we're doing now is actually trying to have a conversation before, because every time we bring it up right after a shooting, you always say now is not the time and what I what I come to believe is that we just don't want to have the conversation at all
0: so how many crimes do you think in the last I don't know hundred years have been committed with muzzle loaders
2: well well once this new muzzle is created we just don't know but what you do a great job, of, and it works for you, so I'm not saying you should stop. You do a great job of focusing on these single things, when we really, really oh, need to you mean the have facts? Com- yeah, that is kind no, of my training. No, it's not training. facts. It's just avoidance of a conversation about uh. guns, and you do it very well. Well, actually,
0: I'd very much like to have a conversation about guns, so here you have Gabby Gifford's group saying that we need to regulate a rifle, a firearm. They clearly know nothing about a muzzle loader is loaded from the muzzle, from the end of the barrel. The yeah, hole so what, where the bullet comes is, out. We and you put in it. the powder and then the wadding and then the round. But what I'm saying and is, the whole thing takes like a minute.
2: But, so you know,
0: it's not probably going to be responsible for a lot of mass shootings. Well, a silencer. <laughs> it's so a crazy ca- a
2: silencer and a 50 caliber bullet means that one person can die and we trying to talk about preventative and you don't want us to talk about reactionary, but the but, biggest issue—the biggest issue—can is I ask a question? Sure. Hold on.
0: Yeah, I know you're a gun expert, so you maybe you can explain this to me. Why would a silencer have? What does a silencer have to do with the silencer? Because if you by, were the defense sniper, by the perhaps
2: way. you want to shoot a gun that nobody can hear, so you can get away. But silencers
0: or suppressors don't make a gunshot inaudible. You can still
2: hear it really well. I think they really do help. Uh, no, they don't. I, I've, sh- I've shot them in a 50-caliber no, round. You know we'll still I'm make a do? lot of because noise. You let's, let's even say I grant you that. But the biggest... <laughs> okay. no, 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 I will. Because the bigger conversation is there is an avoidance of conversation of how the overabundance of guns in this country is correlated to gun no, violence. No,
0: no. I'm trying to have this conversation in specific terms rather than in bumper sticker no, terms where no, we no, make no, gross generalizations. And we get away with that, so I'd like to just bring it back to the tangible, which here's an actual firearm that an actual gun control group is trying to regulate, and my question is why. Sure. They're They're the least threatening firearm you could honestly pick out of the full range of firearms so that suggests to me the people making this recommendation literally know nothing and they just expose you know what themselves they do know? as we should start from, we should start from the macro.
2: Guns. What they do know is that uh, the United States makes up 4% of the population but almost, own almost half of the guns in the entire world. What they do know is that there's a correlation between okay. countries that have access to guns and gun violence. What they do know is that you are no more likely to be robbed in America than you are in London but you're exponentially more likely to be killed because of the access to guns. And so what we need to do is well, have no, a Well, no, it's
0: it's actually a fairly complex question um, as, as to why that is, but- No, no, but recent let's get back study, to recent studies showed, let's, actually, let's recent studies showed, when you adjust st- for
2: population, the number right. one thing that tells you whether a country okay. is likely to have mass shootings is the access to guns. Right,
0: but let me, I mean, I don't concede that point because it's silly, but let me just get you back know, to the specific point here. No, it's, it's speculative, but- No, no. What's study. not speculative is that an actual gun control group is trying to ban a gun that is responsible for precisely no crimes, no mass shootings, and takes almost a full minute to reload one shot. What's not so speculative? That suggests to me that the goal is not safety. Sure. The goal is disarming the population. No, I'm that's trying why to save lives.
2: What are you trying to do? Well, how many lives have been taken by muzzleloaders? Well, we're trying to prevent that. You don't even want to do that.
0: Well, I, I, I don't think there's any evidence that it's ever happened or it ever will happen. So we
2: shouldn't talk about it after mass shooting. We shouldn't talk about it before someone jumps through a loophole. So when just should we d- talk d- about d- it?
0: Describe what a mass shooting by a muzzleloader no, would no, look no, I like. Didn't ask,
2: no, no, I said when should we talk about it? If we can't talk about it after <laughs> I don't a mass shooting, think
0: it's going to happen with a musket. No one was killed by call me crazy and by the way, 50 way if, if it does,
2: uh, <laughs> but also the the biggest thing, which is not speculative, you won't even acknowledge. That perhaps a country that has four percent of the population and owns uh-huh. over half the guns—that's an in the interesting country?
0: conversation. But when you bring muskets into it, it kind of discredits, I would say, your side. And no. by the way, to be fair, the, the councilman we're talking to did not think up this crackpot idea that was former Congressman Gabby Giffords. Councilman, we're out of time. When you run for mayor, hope will come back cross. and we can debate muskets. Thank. You.